Hey, queens and kings, this is Sharana Reeves, and you are listening to These Three Things Podcast. I'm super excited today because if you are a listener of These Three Things, then you'll remember in season one, when I introduced the queen group Atlanta, I shared with you that I would be introducing queen groups throughout various cities in the U.S., So today, I'm going to introduce to you the Queen Group, D.C. Sharice Richards is a wife, mom, entrepreneur, and author of Faith, Focus, Action, The Journey to Becoming Who You Are. Sharice is a network marketing million-dollar earner and has been featured in numerous magazines, including the Washington Post, Success From Home, Fit Figures, and Her Life magazine, to name a few. Sharice has received numerous awards, citations, and has been recognized as a woman of distinction in leadership. Sharice brings her entrepreneurial leadership and life experiences. Sharice, welcome to these three things. Thank you. Happy to be here. Felicia Cofield is a licensed, certified clinical social worker. Felicia has over 27 years experience in child welfare and currently works in the Baltimore City school system. Felicia serves as a political and community organizer, registering voters and organizing youth programs. Felicia brings her expertise in social work, community organizing, and life experience. Felicia, welcome to these three things. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Tammy Watson is a wife, mother of four, and a wellness and lifestyle coach and speaker. As an executive director for the largest online wellness store in North America, Tammy's team and partners benefit from her expertise in leadership, people development skills, and innovative ideas. As a wellness and lifestyle coach, Tammy's career focus has been helping others overcome the obstacles and challenges of having a personally, professionally, physically, and financially 
healthy lifestyle. Tammy brings her expertise and experience in wellness, lifestyle coaching, leadership, and life experience. Tammy, welcome to these three things. Hey, so glad to be here. Feeling great and amazing. Sabrina Morris is an entrepreneur, performer, ordained evangelist, and music educator who has worked with students in the U.S. and Europe. As a performer, Sabrina was showcased all over the world with the elite entertaining ambassadors, Top in Blue. Sabrina served in the United States Air Force, is the mother of four, and has been married for 25 years. Sabrina brings her expertise in the entertainment industry, entrepreneurship, and life experience. And she can sing, y'all. This sister can sing. Sabrina, welcome to these three things. It's an honor and a privilege. Thank you so much for having me. We also have these three things therapist, Dr. Patricia Thompson with us today. You know, we can't have a queen conversation with a queen group without our therapist, Dr. Patricia. Dr. Patricia, it's so good to have you with us. Thanks for having me. Feeling good today. (laughs) The Queens of D.C. and I with Dr. Patricia are going to be talking about friendships today. Black women and our friendships. And we're going to run the gamut of all things regarding friendships. So I want to just kind of jump right in. If you've listened to these three things, you know that I always like to talk about how I know the people that I know. So today for the Queen Group DC, which is what I specifically wanted, uh, I have met these ladies for the first time. Sharice, Felicia, and Sabrina, I have met for the first time. Now, Tammy, I know Tammy. And I'm going to tell you guys how I know Tammy. Tammy and I, and a lot of people don't know this about me, but... uh, When I graduated high school, I went to college at Fresno State University in California. Tammy and I were roommates my sophomore year at Fresno State on the women's basketball team. So, Tammy, tell a little bit about just, you know, how we met your freshman year and a little bit about that experience. So, first of all, um, I traveled from Illinois all the way to California. As a kid, I always wanted to live in California. Fresno said they'd give me a scholarship, and I said yes. And so... um, as a freshman, they do require you to live in the dorms. And as a basketball player, we had suites. And so my roommate, Sharana, and I were actually roommates. And I probably couldn't have had a better roommate. She was an amazing mentor, an amazing friend, um, taught me a lot, and uh, was just there for me. Because I mean, when you're away from your home, <laughs> <laughs> when you're away from home, being able to connect with somebody, um, I think is very important. And it's kind of funny when you talk about friendship with this as being the conversation today. Although we haven't talked, like you said, it's been about 20, almost 30 years. Yeah. But we reconnected very, very quickly. Yeah. Tammy and I have not visibly seen each other in at least 30 years, probably since I left Fresno State. So we just got reconnected back on Facebook. So here we are. So it must be something that's going to happen in this conversation (laughs) today that's going to be a blessing to a lot of women because uh, Tammy put you all together. And I thank you for that, Tammy, for getting everybody together and opening up your beautiful home for us to come in and just, you know, talk about friendships today. 
it's good to see you. My pleasure. Yep. Okay, so let's dive right in. And I'd like to hear from everybody, including you, Dr. Patricia, you know, how important are your friendships in your life overall? And I'm going to give you a couple of, are your friendships slightly important to you, Sharice, moderately important, very important, or vital? That's a great question. And I would have to say they're vital. Your friendships are vital they're to you. They're vital to me. Yeah. yeah. What, what about you, Dr. Patricia? Um, I would say they're vital too. Felicia, are your friendships slightly important, moderately important, very important, or vital to you? Yes, I agree. That is a great question. My friendships are vital to me. Vital. I love it. Tammy? So I'm going to, mine is going to be kind of interesting um, because in the beginning, me being an introvert, um, did not really understand the importance of friendships. Um, as you continue to go through life and realize that you have different friends for different reasons, um, now I can see the importance of how they are vital. Yeah, yeah. Sabrina? I'm thinking mine have been vital from the womb. From the womb, yeah. yeah. I'm serious the way I've been wired. I will have to say I think my friendships are very important to me. I don't necessarily know if they're vital for me. Um, I want to know about your friend circles. Uh, for the most part, my friend circle is very small. It's very small. I don't have like a lot of uh, girlfriends, but I'm interested to know like what is the situation with you ladies? Dr. Patricia, we're going to start with you first on that one. What's your friend group like? Um, mine is also pretty small. I'm an introvert, and so a lot of my friends are ones that I had from the time I was really little um, or from university. And when you talked about friends, I also was considering my sisters as some of my closer friends. Um, but yeah, mine, mine is pretty small too. Yeah. Yeah, Sharice. My friend circle is small. I am an introvert. Um, but I do have pockets of friends and I have groups of different friends. Yeah. And... When I think about that previous question about, you know, whether my friends are vital, I have a, light of, a lot of vital things in my life. Yeah. Um, but when I think about what the fr my friend circles bring yeah. to me and out of me, yeah, it's a vital part of who Your I being. am. Yeah. 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 Miss Felicia? I would say my circle is small also. I have four very best friends and two I talk to every single day. I'm in a bunch of circles, but as my students taught me, they're more associates than friends. Okay, we're going to talk about associates and friends and how we define and decide which fits into which lane. Tammy? So for me, yes, I'm an introvert as well. Sounds like we have a lot of introverts here. <laughs> um <laughs> And I do have a very few friends. I would probably say majority of them are family. Um, had a big family, so I mm -hmm. think a lot of that friendship came from that. So I see my kids, my daughters. A lot of people say your, your, your kids shouldn't be your friends, but I see them as my friends first mm -hmm. because I really want them to be able to talk with me and have a relationship with me. Um, and that would probably be the people that I do call friends, even though we haven't talked in 30 years. Yeah, I see... I'm very selective as far as who I call friends, but it's a connection that you probably can't yeah. define. Mm -hmm. 
And so the ladies that I selected, I even though me and Sharice probably hadn't talked at all, there was just a light about me and Sharice that I saw her as a friend, even though we hadn't talked. And so not sure if I answered the question, but um, I think friendships will come and go. Um, but if you made a lasting impression, that friendship will last Absolutely. even when you haven't spoken. Absolutely. Small or large, Sabrina? Hmm. That's so hard. That's really kind of hard to. Mine is in funny how it is in this stage of my life. Um, it's ever evolving. Yeah. And the reason why I say that is because I um, have always, I can say I've always, I don't want to put, I don't want to say coveted, but I've always been envious of people that have had those very close, and I've always said, Lord, one day it'll be my turn. Somebody will think I'm good enough to be their, you know, yes. best, you know, and yes. that type of thing. Because being the only extrovert in the room, mm -hmm. evidently, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, and, and really having... Uh, been able to navigate any kind of circle, yeah, you know, and thriving in big groups. Yeah, I could stay in that. See, uh, as uh, uh, in contrast to what you were saying, mm -hmm. I could stay in a group all day and be just. It just feeds me. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I look. I don't necessarily look forward to being alone because then it reminds me that, oh, may maybe I don't have that close. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. And you know what? I think, you know, for me, I'm not an introvert. I'm just a loner by nature. Mm -hmm. Like that is just like I can I go on vacations alone. Like mm -hmm. every year until COVID hit, I would go to Key West alone by myself See, and mm -hmm. just have a ball <laughs> and just have my alone time because I need that to replenish me. But I will say that I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that as a women's basketball coach, I was around groups constantly like we travel together i'm mm -hmm. going recruiting and i'm around a bunch of people talking all the time like you know i was the single mom a divorced mom of two kids mm -hmm. so when i got off the road of working then i'm at home you know my daughter's got a volleyball game my son's got a basketball game you know i've got film to watch i got seven recruiting calls to make so coming from that existence my alone time meant everything yeah. to me yeah. so I see that that's changing a little bit now, but I will tell y'all this too. I am friends with every woman in my mind. <laughs> in my mind, I'm friends with everybody. Same. Like oh I am gosh, so for real. Yes. Like when you walk in the when everybody walks in the room, like hey, right. hey, hey. Meet no strangers. Because I don't I don't come to the I don't enter the room with like, hmm, who is she? Because I feel like all of y'all my friend. We just ain't had a conversation yet. Dr. Patricia, I have a question for you. How much of how we are raised by our parents and what we've seen our parents' friendships uh, look like mm. and be like affects how our friendship circle goes? I mean, I, th I think it plays part of a role just because our parents model a lot of things for us. And so, you know, for example, if you saw your parent in a really lopsided friendship and that's your expectation of what a friendship should be, then that could have an impact. But I think that there are a lot of other factors that play a role, too. Like, you know, we've all talked about temperament. And um, I think there are a lot of people who could have social butterfly parents. But if you're an introvert, you're not necessarily going to copy that because that's just not naturally your personality. Yeah. Um, I think our experiences with peers growing up can play a role. So, for instance, if you, you know, were 
I guess, a bit of an outcast in your school or something like that, you probably have different expectations about how you're going to engage with different people versus if you're in the in crowds, like that sort of a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think a lot more of it sometimes has to do with just your inherent personality and your own experiences. And while I think our parents can definitely play a role as they do in every aspect of our lives, I think there are a lot of factors that affect how we have our friendships. Yeah. Yeah. So not just from what we've seen with our parents or how we were brought up. It's more about just your personality and experience. I think it's a combination. Yeah. I mean, we talk about nature and nurture, but you can think of two kids who grew up in the exact same home who are very different in terms of one being very outgoing and one being more introverted or not having the same degree of social needs. Yeah, true. And so I think um, your temperament plays a pretty big role too. Yeah. Do any of you see any parallels in like how you were brought up and the, the type of friend base that your mom may have had and that you have, or do you feel like it's just kind of, you know, not anything close. I'm not anything close to my mom's friendship base Same. at all. Same. Yeah. Mine is totally different. Yeah. Yeah, I, I always wondered that. I do. Um, and when, when you brought that up, I never even thought about that before. Um, given my mom's history, she was very protective of her kids. And mm-hmm. so she, first of all, we didn't we didn't spend a night in any, anyone's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't go too far from the house. But she only had, I only remember one couple that would come back and forth and I can actually go to their house and spend a night, but anything else I didn't see. Now, my mother is also very afraid to speak in public. And so I do understand what you're talking about, Dr. Patricia, how it does relay in both, because although I'm an introvert, kind of like you, Sharon, I do see myself as everyone's being my friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I'm not, I'll be the one in the room that will sit there and just watch and listen and learn and watch and listen and learn. And part of it comes from my mom, but part of it comes from my temperament of myself that I was brave enough to just kind of let be. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say that um, there are some similarities mm-hmm. um, for me personally, because um, my mom had a few friends, and for a while I had a few friends. And because I wasn't intentional about cultivating those relationships, they were starting to, you know, die off. Yeah. And I, I, I saw that yeah. with my mom. And one of the things that um, I was very mindful of and intentional about is nurturing friendships. Like yeah. if a friendship is going to sustain, if it's going to grow, yeah. just like any relationship yeah. or anything, we got to give it attention, give it time. Yeah. And because it was something that I desired to have good girlfriends yeah. and relationships, it was something I was I worked towards yeah. creating. Right. Okay, how many of you in here are listening? Uh, Dr. Patricia's uh, with us by phone. Um, watch Insecure on HBO. Any Insecure I've heard people? Of it. No. Is that what? East, is that East <laughs> no. Yes. yes I have Dr. Not Patricia, ever you don't watch it. Insecure? No. Uh-uh, you're Listen, the there's one. a whole group of women that's just looking at their radios when they hear this episode. Like, <laughs> I, I know, right? Insecure. Everybody's looking at she us crazy. Not uh-uh. one of these not sisters. One. Okay. Well, <laughs> for those of you in the audience, uh, yeah. I, I watch it only when I go over my girlfriend's because she will not turn her TV off from insecure. Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) So for the listening audience and your insecure followers, you know, Molly and Issa friendship fell apart this season. And so (laughs) since the beginning of the show, Molly and Issa have been like two peas in a pod. So, um, 
what I, I that question is leading me to because there were little bitty microaggressions that were happening in the friendship that neither one was kind of speaking on. Mm. They were feeling them, but mm. it was just kind of like, ah, I'm going to let that go. Mm-hmm. Mm. I caught that, but I'm going to let that go to the point that there was no more letting it go. Mm. Like it had to be addressed to the point that after it was addressed, it was like, and I'm, you know, washing my hands to this whole situation. How many of you have had longtime friendships come to that point where there was little stuff that was just happening, but because it's been your girl for so long, you just let it go and you just let it go to the point that it came to a point where we don't even talk no more. I can't relate to that because I try to communicate. And if something is bothering me and I'm not telling you that it's bothering me, I think that's unfair to you and it's unfair to the friendship. And I know that if you don't deal with stuff, it's just going to, when you do deal with it, it's going to blow up. Mm. Yeah. So that's the first thing. I try to live my life and my relationships with if, if something is bothering me, I'm going to deal with it as best I can Yeah. at some point. And then the other thing that I've learned, and I don't know if this is a way of protecting myself, is that I've learned, especially through business, is that don't have any expectations in people. I don't have any expectations because if I do and when I do, that's when my feelings are hurt, Mm -hmm. I'm upset, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm ready to go off on someone because I had expectations that you were going to do something. And if you don't meet it, then it's a problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I have no expectations. And I think that, you know, as black women, we have expectations and it's not fair. Of other people, like. Do you feel like those expectations are are unspoken or spoken? I think that sometimes, most times, they're unspoken. You yeah. know, they're unspoken, like what Sabrina was saying, right? And we're all guilty of it. Like we're mm-hmm. all guilty of harboring feelings and expectations for how we think another person should respond if we do something. Mm-hmm. You know, you should, you know, I did this, so you should do that. And I think sometimes it's conscious, sometimes it's unconscious. Mm. But I think that anytime we have expectations, we set ourselves up for disappointment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've just learned not to have, to have very little expectations. Because I'm telling you, every time I have, I have been disappointed. Now, in those disappointments, I've communicated. Like, this is how it made me feel. And then from that, I make a a conscious choice as to whether or not this friendship will continue and what type of friendship is going to be. Mm -hmm. So in business, if I've had friendships that started in business and we became good friends outside of the business, but then we had a breakdown, we had to talk about it. Yeah. But then I made a choice based on the nature of that friendship, whether or not it would continue. And in most cases, it continued. But what I had to do was tell myself that we, we're not that type of friend no more. Yeah. We're this type of friend. Yeah. And I enjoy being that type of friend. Like, you know, we hang out. We understand what, the, what it we is We understand. Now. Like, we don't even talk about business anymore. Yeah. But I still consider you a good friend because I like you and you're genuine. We we just can't be that type of friend anymore. And when you say that type of friend, what is that? Like in like business, like I don't have any expectations that 
we want to do business together. Yeah. Or for just business. I mean, for me, this particular situation is just business. Yeah. We just not, we can't do business together. But I consider you a personal friend. Yeah. And we're going to be personal friends. And I like it. Has anybody else had a long-term, long-time friend that you were in a friendship with for a long time and the friendship ended? Yes, I had. Felicia. This is Felicia speaking. I had a, a very close friend from middle school until we both got married. And um, it ended because she got married a second time and I wasn't included in her wedding. She thought I was moving away. And for a long time, she said, well, next time I get married, I'm, you're going to be in my wedding. So, what? I mean, so I had these feelings for a long time. And I fe- did feel bad, though, when she got married that I didn't even attend her wedding because, first of all, I thought we were always like sisters. And she was my uh, maid of honor, and I knew I would be hers. So it was difficult. We tried to rekindle our friendship, but it was just so different and over the years and eventually we stopped communicating. Dr. Patricia, you know, I, I want to come back and, and, and ask that question if anybody else has, but you know, when longtime friendships end, it can be pretty traumatic. I know I had one. I had a girlfriend that we had been friends since we were um, pretty much 15 years old, all through college, running buddies, and our friendship ended about uh, six years ago. And it was pretty traumatic for me. Uh, and I know that sometimes friendships do run their course. And it's not really anybody's fault sometimes. It's just, you know, we're just in different places in our lives right now. And so what are ways that we can address the conflict within our friendships in an effort to save them? When we see the little microaggressions happening and that we let slide because we all do it in friendships because none of our friends are perfect and we aren't either. And we do little stuff to each other that you just let it go because that's your friend. But I do feel like just like in marriages, when those little, those little microaggressions are happening within marriages, at some point that ends up adding up to, we got some real problems now. It's the same thing in friendships. So what can we do? Like when we see those things happening and it's been happening uh, often, how do we, how do we fix that? How do we address it so that we don't lose those those friendships that matter to us? Yeah, I mean, I think the main thing, which was kind of alluded to before, is you have to voice it. You ha- you can't expect people to mind read. If something is bothering you and you don't express it, then in some ways it's on you um, because the other person might not even know, like if you're just letting it go, letting it go, that it's really offending you. And so... Um, you know, it might be necessary to set boundaries. Like, for example, if someone is always canceling on you at the last minute, let them know that that's not okay with you, that sort of thing. Or if someone is expecting you to do everything and that's not okay with you, but you're just going along and never voicing it, then in some ways, you know, if you have expectations that you're not letting the other person know about, just like as you said in a marriage, um, that could happen too. I don't know that that's necessarily fair to the other person. Um, And so I think at the first step, you have to bring it up and then you can decide based on that person's behavior if it's still okay with you. Because like you said, um, friendships can run their course. And, you know, if you've expressed that something hurts you or makes you feel a certain way and someone continues to do it, then you got to make a decision. And, you know, the thing about friendships is that they're voluntary. 
it's not like a family relationship. And so you do get to decide, like, is this friendship adding to my life still? Or is it something that maybe I need to move on from? Hey, this is Sharana Reeves. You are listening to These Three Things and the Queen Group DC with Sharice, Felicia, Tammy, and Sabrina with Dr. Patricia. We'll be right back. For almost a century, Scarrett Bennett Center's historic Gothic campus has been a choice location for dream weddings in Nashville. Consistently rated one of Music City's best places to get married by The Knot, Wedding Wire, and Toast of Nashville, Scarrett Bennett Center offers three timeless venues for your wedding, a 20-person elopement chapel, a 300-person wedding chapel, and a breathtaking garden. From rehearsal to reception, Scarrett Bennett Center is ready to help you create the intimate, historic wedding of your dreams. Visit our website at scarrettbennett.org forward slash weddings for more information. Hey, now we're back with the Queen Group of D.C. and we're talking about friendships. So ladies, let's talk about our friendships with white women. Do we have them? Uh, Are they true, authentic, like my sister girl friendships? Or are they more surface? Who in here has what they would call a real friendship with with anybody outside of our race? I can say that I do have, uh, I have a a friendship, um, a couple of friendships, as a matter of fact, with uh, a Caucasian, uh, Caucasian women white women um i would not say however that they are as close as my friendship would be with one of my sisters okay so when you so how define that friendship is she a a friend that would come to your house and have drinks you guys would go out and have dinner together you would go over to her house and fellowship type friend or is she what yeah, th- that's exactly it. That's exactly it. She is a, a they are I mean, I can go hang out at the house, we have drinks. She introduced me to to Pineapple Malibu. I was very very happy about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what I'm saying? She genuinely was interested in me, loves my daughter. You know, yeah. she and her daughter, her daughter and my daughter are real close and real tight. I mean, she even reached out as if to befriend me yeah if that makes sense yeah and i and i'm open you know i'm open yeah i'm open to it uh but it just never really got any further or any deeper you know i mean we didn't have deep conversations yeah you know i didn't have hard times and she came you know i called her she was the one i thought about to call you follow what i mean i do you know, whereas w- I have other other friendships that so she was a social friend. She's social what you consider fr- a social uh, friend. You. Yes, a social yeah. friend. Yeah. Anybody? It's Felicia. This is Felicia. I just have work friends. So again, I keep saying friends and associates, but outside of work, I don't interact with her. But at work, we talk about almost everything and get along very well. Yeah. Yeah. So why do you guys think that we don't have more dynamic relationships with white women? Partially, this is Tammy, partially I believe it's your environment. When I was living in California, and we lived in California probably 
18 to 20 years, maybe even longer than that. Um, it was more of a mixed environment. And so a lot of my friends, or actually majority of my neighbors were Caucasian women. Mm -hmm. And so because we had a commonality, because our kids went to school, we developed a friendship. And was it still an intimate, intimate girlfriend, girlfriend relationship? No, but I think that was more because I'm that introverted person. Yeah. Um, as when we moved here to Maryland, we're in a predominantly African-American community. Um, and there isn't a lot of Caucasian opportunity or opportunity for me to meet a Caucasian person and maybe develop a relationship. Um, but my other thing I will say is, even if that was the case, even in California, it still wasn't that intimate girlfriend, oh, let me tell you this or let me tell you that relationship. Yeah. Do you think that we don't have relationships with white women because of trust? We have trust issues with white women overall. Take our take our environments and, and where we live and all of that out of it. Do you do you think a big part of it is just trust? Um, I would say that may be an element of it. I mean, I think environment is definitely a key factor. Mm -hmm. When I think about myself, when I was working in corporate America, I had the social friendships. Mm -hmm. Um, but maybe there was always that thought in the back of my mind, maybe, you know, subconsciously that wasn't verbalized that didn't allow the relationship to grow. Um, my son has, my youngest son has always gone to a diverse school. Um, and so his friends, we, you know, I get together with his friends and interact with their parents. Mm -hmm. Um, but there was always a cap, yeah. if you will, to right. how far the the relationship would go. What is that cap, Sharice? Talk about it. Let's let's see if we can dig into what that is. I didn't feel like outside of our children, we had anything else in common. I just didn't feel it. And maybe that was something I was making up. Mm -hmm. I didn't give it a chance. Yeah. Um, but I just felt like we didn't have a lot in common. Um, and even in the business world, um, there, there's always a barrier, like an invisible wall up. Yeah. That keeps them on the other side. And we can kiki kaka and, you know, laugh yeah. and chit chat. Have and drinks. Have drinks, yeah. sit down, have conversations, travel to business conferences. But outside of that, I don't know. Like yeah. it's that big question mark. And even now with the election, mm. It's like, oh, you know, so maybe the thoughts that I had yeah, and the feelings that I couldn't really articulate, maybe there was something to it and some reason. And so I just think just the environment and we're just so different that it's such a it's such a long journey to get to where we're like on the same road. Yeah, I, I hear you, too. And I talked to some of my friends and one was supposed to come with me today but she couldn't make it and she lives in a neighborhood and has a lot of white friends but the issue seemed to be just like with the Brianna and some of the, the election and, and all the things going on in the world some of my friends have shared that they're not comfortable in talking to their white friends about all these issues and some don't understand Tammy I thought you were going to say something a minute ago so there's a few things that I, I think about what's going on. Um, first and foremost, 
when we talk about relationships, I think it's great to understand that the relationships, whether it's white, black, or whatever else it is, we're taking from our own experience. And yeah. so a lot of things that I've heard from my parents, I've incorporated into my life. Or it, it, it's kind of seeped in. I'm going to say I incorporated, but it's seeped in. My mom saw someone hung in front of her. My mm. mom saw a woman. Whoa. So a lot mm. of things that mm. she's harbored, she cannot unsee that. And so because of that, she's very protective of whatever else it is. But I do think a lot of it is, like you mentioned earlier, Sharice, is communication. Until mm. that gap of communication is open, black, white, or whatever other race we are, there can't, we cannot make a friendship because we have yet to begin to understand each other. And I think about a, a leadership training that I went to, and it was a diverse crowd very successful white men, black men, I mean, every, every color. And we did an exercise that I thought was the most amazing exercise in the world. And we couldn't say anything, but we would walk around and we would look at each other in the eye. And when you would look up each other in the eye and you could say two words, either I trust you or I don't trust you. And in this exercise, initially, because I'm protected. I got my armor up. I would look at Sharon in her face like, I don't know you, red light. I don't trust you. And then I would go to Cerise, red light. I don't trust you. I don't know you. But what you began to happen was there was one person that came to me and just said, Tammy, I trust you. And I'm like, wait, you trust me? Why? Mm -hmm. You don't know me? Mm -hmm. And then I took that and went to my next person and I trust you. And I said, I trust you. And by the end of that exercise, everybody in that room said they trust each other. Mm. Now, the biggest thing that came from that, at the end of that leadership training, a white man came up to me and said, Tammy, I was a prejudiced white man. I did not like black people. Mm. I didn't know anything about you. And because of this training that we're in, mm. I see That's black people rich. differently. Mm. Wow. How rich is and that? And so that, it's beautiful. until mm -hmm. we can begin to really begin to see people right. and begin to have that communication and be willing to trust, That's it. white, black, green, blue, purple, we cannot take that barrier or that armor off. And we've got to be willing to take that chance. That first person that told me they trust me and didn't know me, help me remove some of my armor. Yeah. And as I continue oh. to do that, more and more of my armor was removed. That's, yeah. that's powerful. Yeah, okay. Let's unpack. Well, let's talk about this one because <laughs> I feel like we're going to all have something to say on this one is male Absolutely. friends. Let's talk about these men. Oh, I'm ready let's for that one. And there's three women in here that are married <laughs> and two of us that are not. That's all right. So can we, as women of color, have true male friends? Yes. Yes, you can. Yes. Okay, talk about it. Talk about it. I say yes because <laughs> as a woman, majority of my friends before were men. Um, I don't know, it seems like it was less drama. No, it, it was just very straightforward. I could laugh. If we got mad, tomorrow we're going to talk. We didn't hold that grudge for like three years and then maybe think about talking to each other. So we're for five. me, we're five. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So for me, um, and I think that also was a part of me with basketball because I played basketball. So I sat with the guys, played with the guys. I did everything with the guys. And so that was more of my comfort. 
And I think that's also, since we're talking about friendships, is probably why I didn't have a lot of girlfriends. Because I think about my sorority sisters when we first crossed and we went home for the summer and they're like, you didn't even call us the whole summer. And I'm thinking, why? Right. I had nothing to say. Yeah. So if I had something to say. <laughs> what was I, I calling about? Well, I was going to call you yeah. just to say hi. That yeah. is not me. My guy friends, we call, we ready to talk to somebody about something. So for me, I think it is. I think yeah. it really is um, when you're married. For me, I just think it's something that, you know, the spouse should now meet the guy and Absolutely. everybody knows each other. So it's a comfortability. Luckily, you know, if your spouse is jealous, you got to figure that out. But mine is not that type of person. So yeah. I don't have any problems with guy friends or anything like that. But yeah. Yeah, I, I agree, Tammy. I have male friends and now I'm dating and um, and I can plan to continue to have my male friends and, and he'll meet them as well. But I think on both ends, the female has to be very secure and the male has to be secure as well in order for it to work. Yeah, but we do we definitely feel like we should let our significant others know of our male friends? I mean, that's definitely the thing to do, right? Okay, definitely. Communication is key. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I mean, because it's, it's that um, male-female. Like, if you don't communicate and are clear about the status of the relationship, then you leave a lot to be interpreted and assumed. And that's not good when you're in a relationship. And I'm going to tell you <laughs> like this. Tell it. Guys, it's just a whole different vibe with the dudes. <laughs> they're awesome <laughs> i mean it's no nonsense and they are loyal yeah. too yeah they are you can depend on them okay but sabrina let me ask you this yeah what if he's somebody that from your past that you were once intimate with did you have to bring that up <laughs> why no just joking what about no. that can you can and i want the married ladies to answer okay right well now. i married we've all been married but we're two of us are divorced now I want the married ladies to answer that. Can you still maintain a friendship as a married woman with a man that you were once intimate with? I'm going to tell you the only way that works, the only way that works is if your husband is good with that. And okay, if did you, you are tell, mature would you, enough. Would you tell your husband? Absolutely. You okay, might so want to do that. If it was a friend that you really wanted to keep, like because you knew it was platonic and y'all ain't felt that way about each other in years, but you know if you told your husband that I had, I used to kick it with him. Like kick it. That could be a problem. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Would you? Can we do that? Um, I'm going to tell you. I mean, once you, I mean, to me, and I'm going to tell you, I can tell you from a from a real specific situation. Tell us. Okay. <laughs> so I'm talking, this is like way before, way before uh, my my husband yes. and I even were together. Okay. So back in my college days, kicking it with a fellow, you know, he was a hot commodity. I can't even believe I secured the bag, if you will, or he secured <laughs> me. Okay. So I can't even believe it, oh, but I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good about it. You know, okay. I'm feeling good about it, but you know, he fell into some hard times, end up, you know, end up going down the wrong path, and we split ways, but he still wanted to be, you know, connected. Yeah. Uh, but my life, I mean, God was taking me to a different place. I ended up going to the Air Force, you know, college, go to the Air Force. I mean, and bye-bye. You know what I'm saying? We gone. That was a That was a significant, I have to say, that was a significant, life-changing experience for me at that point in my life yeah. so he was a significant somebody that we were kicking it yeah you know i mean almost to the pro promise ring 
okay. significant. Okay. okay. But as God would have it, our paths separated. Okay, so check this out. Dag on Facebook. You know how that is, right? Yeah. Tell we you all what. do. I'm happily married. I'm talking happily. Kids and everything, right? Everything. Everything. Kids, everything. Across the water, even. We're in Europe, mm. no less. Yeah. Out of the blue. Okay, I get this. <laughs> Bing, you know. And I'm like, oh, and I thought it was an individual. I mean, because the person has the same name as a girl would have. Okay. So I thought it was a different person completely. Had no idea yeah. that that was who it was. Girl, and so we got to chat. Hey, how are you? How have you been? Girl, da 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 da. He said, This is such and such. I'm like, Hey, how are you doing? You know, yeah. totally not thinking heart, not thinking anything. There was nothing that, ca- that, that romantically. Yeah. Um, had me interested, but I was concerned. Like, how you been? Yeah. Where? How did you find me? You know that type of thing, right? <laughs> this. No, let me stop. Okay, <laughs> so let me stop. But you understand what I'm saying, though. Okay, so here we I go. Do. Here I'm, we go. I'm with you. So we're chatting just casually. Okay. Then all of a sudden, we call. Oh. See your so face. My yeah. face too. My oh, face too. Yeah. Okay. No, I didn't. He called me. Okay. And I was like, I am going to ask for the listeners who want me to ask this question. Right. How he get your number? Dude, I'm talking like Facebook. You know you can do that, right? Your number's on Facebook? No, dude. You, you can totally. On Messenger. Messenger. Okay. So all of a sudden, I was like, I can't believe that. I mean, after all these years, he's called me. He, like, totally reached out. I can't believe it. He sounds the same. Oh, so he called? I said, yes. Can you believe that? I mean, like, how did that happen? He said, yeah, yeah. He said, but, uh. You have to just really be careful. He says, because we're not sure what his agenda is out of the blue. Mm. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? And see, ladies, listen. Listen, if you got a good one like I got, you better listen to the man. Because mm. the Holy Spirit might be helping mm-hmm. the situation. It might be giving you some open, open your eyes, open your spiritual eyes to what's really happening behind the scenes. Yeah. See, not every encounter that comes back around is an encounter to the benefit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm Say saying? Say that again. Every ca- encounter that comes back around is not an encounter to your benefit. It could be to your detriment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so my husband, just as cool, now he didn't get flinched up. Here. Why are you talking to him? Oh, I don't know about that. None of that. Okay, so he says, okay, I'm going to just, he says, you know, he says, what was his name again? And so I gave him his name. He was saying, oh, okay. I said, what are you doing? He says, come over here. Let me show you something. He does a, you know, he has a special set of skills, my husband. <laughs> so <laughs> he, he went up there and did, we just did a little cursory check. He said, look at that. <gasps> Record a mile long. Larceny. Jesus. Fraud. This, that, third. Blah, 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 blah. He says, wow. So this is the reason why that I'm concerned that out of the blue that you're hearing from. Bo- and, and, he, and he could very well. I'm not nothing against him. Yeah. Not that he couldn't be really interested yeah. in and how genuine. you're doing. Yeah. He said, but you have to remember that you have a whole entire family that you have to be concerned with. And I have to cover you because if I'm gone, somebody like that 
might mm. come to pray. That's so, that's facts. Wow. That's facts. He said, so if something were to happen to me, I have to worry about you and, and our children for somebody like this. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I'm telling you. So he was okay with it, but he just wanted to do his due diligence to make sure that this guy wasn't coming from a bad place. Exactly. Your husband does not mind at all. He'd be cool with, he's cool with your male friends that, you know, you've had. Yeah. And I don't have as many now. Um, probably because kids, like I don't even have girlfriends, so. But I do. <laughs> yes, you do. I mean, but you know what I mean? Not oh. like like the intimate everyday conversation. But what I will say is because the trust is there, I am. I will. I'm I'm an open book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you have to be. Mm-hmm. I, have yeah. to, I think that's imperative. Yeah. Like I said, I was uh, like I said, open book. No problem. I'm not keeping anything. Yeah. Because at the basis, that's where your rubber meets the road. That's right. where you, you know, that's right. who you're sharing life with. Sharice. Mm-hmm. No, I think uh, when I think about my husband and I, now married 20 years. Congratulations. 20 years in the game. Mm -hmm. 20 years. So in this this, this small world that we live in, both of us haven't grown up in this this area. Yeah. Um, He knows a lot of the guys that I used to date. And Mm -hmm. it's like, hey. But because we were open. And had conversations mm-hmm. with like it was nothing to hide like it yeah. was no surprises yeah no got you yeah so you know my whole thing is just be open and honest mm-hmm. and some some uh, some romantic relationships that may have been over and you guys are like friendly but then you get married you may have to cut it off mm-hmm. yeah like it may not Real talk. you may not have to you may not be able to carry that relationship into your marriage, your mm-hmm. marriage. yeah. It, it's a, is it safe to say? And I mean, we've all been married. I think we can all answer this. It's safe to say that when you get married, all male friends you can't keep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they they can't roll with you. Not all everybody. male friends you can't keep. Mm-hmm. Now I want to reverse that yeah. question, ladies, because we got our male friends that's just been our boys forever, and we just like ah, that's my dude. Like nothing's ever gonna happen. Like that's my guy. What about his girl? Again, commun- I think it's it's communication. And it's I think it's trust. Factor. I think it's trust. And we're okay with that. You like you ladies in this room are okay with your husband maintaining uh, relationships with female female friends, platonic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have totally. no problem with that. And what about past lovers? <laughs> <laughs> and the crickets are chirping. And we're pondering again. Well, so to be uh, honest with that, yeah. I still there's a couple of things where that I don't. I am not conversational or friends with exes mm-hmm. um we may see each other on facebook and i may say hey or we may not yeah. not i can't even think of anyone i say hey with so i do think it's very hard because mm-hmm. you had a, a bond mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to be able to have that relationship unless he's happily married and I'm happily, happily, I mean, happily, like there's got to be bliss and sunshine and happiness. Oh, yeah. Because if not, then you go back to when something's bad, you go back to something familiar. Mm-hmm. And if you Very go back to true. something familiar, because both relationships aren't working, then you, you're. And it's so subtle. Like the enemy is so big. Yes. Isn't like, he? Like, hey. Yes. How you doing? Right. My right. situation. Yes. Your situation. Yeah. Exactly. It's what? so easy to get tripped up. So no. Felicia, get in this. Get in this. Are you are you okay with your the gentleman that you're dating now? You know, if things continue to move forward and y'all are serious about each other, are you comfortable with him 
maintaining friendships with females that he's been intimate with. I was listening to everyone else. The friends, if they weren't intimate, I would be good with that. I, I really would because he's had friends for a long time. And even when I was married for several years, my ex-husband had female friends and still has female friends. And I'm one of his friends now. And there was no problem. But I cannot get with the intimates, the intimate relationships or past lovers or whatever. That I can do. And I'm pretty secure, but that is a problem for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that's even a factor. I mean, it really depends on your husband. Yeah, I mean, truth truth of the matter. Now, you just said something right there, Sabrina. It, I'm serious. It really yeah. depends on the husband. Yes, ma'am. Because I'm going to tell you why what you said is just so paramount. Because women, we know our husbands. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we know what they like. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know their cup of tea. Mm-hmm. So, And we know our husband's character and personality whether his character be shady or his character is solid Mm -hmm. women who are married to solid men ain't worried about him out there with Mm -hmm. no friend that he you know used to date or whatever because you you know his character to be solid that don't mean that brother can't slip up but you know his character to be solid so you're less worried about it if you are married to a man or dating a man who every time you look up the first little thing walk by he looking mm-hmm. or you know he's flirtatious or he's super friendly mm-hmm. you're not going to be comfortable with him having female friends that's correct oh, right. that's and correct. that really where it, where right. it you're boils not be down comfortable. yeah as you can see the queen group dc has a lot to share about friendships on next tuesday Sharice opens up the conversation with a question. Why do we always forgive men quicker than we forgive women in friendships? Let's talk about it next week on These Three Things. Do you struggle with the imposter phenomenon? If you'd like your thoughts to work for you instead of against you, you can take control now. Sign up for Dr. Patricia Thompson's Executive Mindful course where you'll learn practical techniques that will help you manage your emotions, get a handle on your self-sabotaging thoughts, and reduce your stress. Learn more at her website, silverliningpsychology.com, on the self-study page. Again, that's silverliningpsychology.com.